Well, from my heart, welcome y'all discontinued on display. Naturally, we'd like you to be comfortable, but we do have a few small favors to ask of you. Firstly, we'd like you to refrain from eating or drinking, you big sloppy beasts. As any fool can plainly see, it is best to stay with your gods at all times. After all, what's good for General Boo Moose is good for everybody. Discontinued on display, continuing our season on discontinued themed experiences. My name is Matt, and I, of course, am joined by the wonderful Chris Corrigan. Hi, everybody. The, the talented voice actor. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Broke up my I hillbilly. Hoping, after reading many a Lil Abner comic today, I was hoping you would talk in the Lil Abner speak. Absolutely. Well, I found a list of, like, the top most quoted, like, or the the biggest carry through lines in Little Abner comics, and I was like, "How many can I use?" Um, and my fa- I think my favorite was, "Well, fry my hide." That might have been fry my favorite. My fry my hide. Oh my goodness! I was. Re- I'm really excited. I wasn't a hundred percent sure what this episode was going to yield because I feel like a couple of our entertainment experiences. Not not that they've been like bad, but like like Discovery Zone, like there wasn't a lot, a lot. There was a lot of nostalgia, and that was great. And I think we discussed a great way we could move forward with that. We haven't had a story this ripe oh. in a while. <laughs> this is just just this is just a fantastic journey that we're about to go on. So we are talking about Dog Patch USA today. Now, um, um, Dog Patch is uh, a pl- a fictional place. Uh, in the Lil Abner comics, uh, for those of you who are unaware of the Lil Abner comics, we'll probably start there after we, you know, kind of give the background mm-hmm. because I feel like that's a good place to start. Yeah, I definitely think we need to say who that is, who wrote that. Yes, we got we got notes. We're good. We, we got we got we're we're ready. Um, so um, they in in uh, let's see, I forget the year. I forget. Oh, the I got year. it. Um, so the Dog Patch USA opened in 1968 to about 8,000 visitors. Um, and it closed in 1993 after a very, and we'll get into this, but a very like growth and then shrinkage and growth and handing it off and chopping it up. Um, it, it's it's been a journey of Dog Patch USA. So this was mm-hmm. in an arc. It was an arc. It was in Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas, along mm-hmm. State Highway Seven. It was between the towns of Harrison and Jasper, and today that area is known as Marble Falls. Yes. So Dog Patch USA was a place that you could go visit if you were a Lil Abner comics fan. You could go visit Dog Patch USA. So Lil Abner, for those yes, of you who Lil who Abner. might not know. Is a comic strip that was very popular. Um, it started in the 40s. Yes? 
I believe so, yes. Uh, um, it no, went it, until the 70s. 1930s when it first 1930s, started. thank you. I was a decade off, but it goes until the 70s, which does come into play. That becomes very important. Um, it is a, fic- a story that is centered around a fictional group of hillbillies in the impoverished mountain village of Dogpatch, USA, uh, strip running for 43 years. Little Abner is considered to be the first comic strip ever based in or on the South of America um, and off of a, a very stereotype section of it. Um, and I, I don't remember if I said this, but it had 60 million readers. Um, it was very popular. Let me, let me emphasize the very stereotyped, part. very stereotyped, very, very stereotyped. Like we're talking Beverly Hillbillies style, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. like that, st- that of the South. And that's another thing that when we talk about the theme park that will kind of rear its head, um, the probably to me, what is one of the most interesting things about Lil Abner um, it's a national comic. Um, it's everywhere. But the Sadie Hawkins dance was yeah. invented because of Little Abner. There's a character in the comics whose name was Sadie Hawkins, and she was considered the homeliest gal in them hills. Um, and she just grew frantic because she was waiting for her male suitor to come sweep, sweep her away. And her dad was getting real sick and tired of her living at home waiting for this male suitor. So he invented Sadie Hawkins' day which was a day where all the single ladies um, would compete with single against single men or with single men to try and like pair them all off in a desperate attempt to get Sadie married. It was a foot race in which all the unmarried women pursued the town's bachelors with matrimony as the consequence. Thank you. Um, and so now we have that concept of the women pursue the man which developed into the Sadie Hawkins dance. And there were some towns, and I don't know if there still are, but there were some towns who celebrated Sadie Hawkins Day. Interesting. I, I That was something that I didn't know. Obviously, I knew what like a Sadie Hawkins dance was, but I didn't know that that came from the Little Abner comics. Yeah, I had no idea. I just assumed there was a woman named Sadie Hawkins who went, why can't the girls ask the men? Like very feministy and like very women empowering. And instead, it's... It's Actually, the opposite. Way. It's complete opposite of female empowering. It's my ugly daughter can't get married. <laughs> so we're going to force the women to marry the men. Total yes. opposite. So, yes, Lil Abner, he is, uh, he's a, uh, as described, six foot three and perpetually 19 years old. He is a naive, simple minded, gullible, and sweet natured hillbilly. And uh, his, uh, his, the the person that is pining after him is Daisy May. And she pines after him for a long, long time and until they finally do get married in the comics. And apparently that was like a really big deal. Um, it, it, like so big a deal that like Life magazine covered the marriage of Lil Abner and Daisy May. I mean, fictional characters, especially popular fictional characters, can really like like I mean, um, when Hercule Poirot died, he was um, one of the biggest fictional detectives. He was Agatha Christie's big detective. He died. Like, she writes a book in which he dies. It's the very last book. This is, I have people go, that's a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. This book was published decades ago. And it's, it made now, like, the world spoiled it because she published this book and news. I think the Chicago Tribune specifically did it, but multiple newspapers published an obituary for him wow for this fictional person who never really existed um like i'm not like i just love the way that like people care so deeply for comics i was actually just talking with my aunt and uncle the other night about little orphan annie and dick tracy 
yeah. Little Orphan Annie's comic eventually stopped, and they picked up a storyline for her to like wrap up her comic in Dick Tracy, in which Daddy Warbucks hires Dick Tracy because Little Orphan Annie's been kidnapped. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, and they find her and everything's fine. And Little Orphan Annie's like story concludes with this weird Dick Tracy crossover. Oh my word. Comics be weird. So I'm not surprised that Little Abner had like a, a wedding coverage in Life magazine. Yeah. Well, um, and also, uh, Little Abner made it to the screen as well. There was a um, movie as well as a stage show, a musical, a musical was made of Little Abner. And, and there was almost a TV show. Almost a TV show, though it seemed like Al Cap. So Al Cap is the um, creator of Little Abner. He kind of, you know, he he became more of the TV personality, not so mm-hmm. much, and not necessarily because of little like like talking about Little Abner. It was just he he was on, you know, he appeared as himself on Ed Sullivan's show, Sid Caesar's Your Show of Shows, The Today Show, The Merv Griffin Show, The Mike Douglas Show. Like he he um, he did a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else you want to say on Little Abner? Sorry, I I assumed you were going for like a a Little Abner run, and so I took a sip of my water. I mean, I mean, th- there's at some point we have. I mean, this this is going to be like a three hour podcast if, if we, we talk about like, just Little Abner. So, I mean, Technically, Little Abner's been. You know what? I think we should point out now uh, that both Al Cap and Little Abner retire, and I, I think it was again 1977. So it does come to a screeching halt. Um, but not before they inspire a whole amusement park. And one thing I noticed about the way this story comes together, why is there an amusement park for Little Abner and Dogpatch USA? It was very similar to the Wizard of Oz amusement park we talked about a few episodes ago in that, you know, there was this plot of land. So this gentleman uh, named Albert Rainey uh, decided to sell his family trout farm to this gentleman named or and he had hired this real estate agent named OJ Snow who was like this place would be perfect for a pioneer themed theme park and that was apparently his big life dream like he'd always thought about having this pioneer theme park who doesn't i think you know, about like it daily <laughs> like i thought about it an hour ago um and granted that being said like i do like frontierland one of my favorite rides is in frontierland in disney world um but there is something that like for America. Oh yeah. Like for like as Americans, we are instilled with this like the pioneer times were somehow really really great even though they probably sucked. Well, you have to like, think like people were really big into cuz we romanticize it with things like Little House like, on the Prairie. Little House on the Prairie, The Lone Ranger, like like John Wayne like those Oregon big, Trail video games. Oregon Trail, exactly. Um I, 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 I crave to die of dysentery, Matt. You have no idea. Um, just uh, as I'm about to die, just inject me with that. So that's my cause. So of death. that's my cause of death. Put it on my tombstone and bury me in the desert. But I think like this is also a time span. You know, the 60s is, is still in that good time period where we still really like that kind of stuff. And T- I mean, TV has been around at this point for roughly 20 to 30 ish years, probably closer to 20 being more mainstream. And so now people have gotten their radio shows and their comics, these Westerns that they've been loving already. And now they have them in the comfort of their own home. So, 
Well, and I read that, you know, it was it was also the hillbilly culture also became very popular with TV shows like Green Acres. You know, mm-hmm. Green Acres. Acres is the place to, to be. be. Matt, Fun I want you to know is the- this is the second time within two weeks that someone has sang the Green Acres theme song in my general direction. <laughs> More and like I've sang along. No, like that should not happen any more than like once a year, let alone twice in the matter of two weeks that I've been confronted with Green Acres. And I want to see the results. Beverly Hillbillies. Um, uh, you had uh, Petticoat Junction was the other one that yes. I that like so Howdy so Doody. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a big, big thing in an American TV. You would like to have like the we take a uh, uh, funky hillbilly man and pair him with a, a fancy woman and a fancy that. woman uh, i mean it's it's the stereotypical odd couple just with you know they as americans we were like ooh, look at those hillbillies <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, put that on my tombstone Ooh, look at those hillbillies that's the new vine look at all these chickens look at all these hillbillies um, uh, so, uh, so yes. So, um, you, you have to kind of go back here. You've got, um, you know, so, so you've got OJ snow is the guy that is like pioneer theme park, my dream. And so what, what does he do? He, he realizes, okay, how do I get Al cap to give me the license to Lil Abner? Absolutely. I mean, after all, apparently this trout farm looks like a bunch of locations from Lil Abner. And, and 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 uh and the big thing was here is apparently Al Cap was not very much in the like selling it selling the licensing away like he he was pretty protective of it which I get like if you yeah a lot of creators are you want to be protective of it um and so he really you know thought about his uh his his pitch to uh to Al Cap and so pretty much he he pitched it as like uh okay this is not so much a theme park like it's it's there's no roller coasters there's no thrill rides it's like you know arts and crafts stables paddle boats a fudge shop uh you know uh, catch your own lunch corny skits by costume characters Ooh, real fast that catch your own lunch thing really caught like my attention when i was reading up on this the fact that they left the trout farm and like pond and let people catch their own trout and the restaurant in dog patch would take that and cook it for you i i was like that's marketing that's just yeah. service do you hear that disney okay 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 we have to pause on this like yes so so in case in case you are like wait what yes you could go fishing at dog patch usa catch a rainbow trout i believe it was rainbow trout i believe that's the state fish of michigan uh, shout out to my schooling that taught me the state fish of Michigan. Oh, um, that wasn't taught you on the day that the fire alarm went off and you had to go home early. That that was we're talking elementary school. The, the fire alarm didn't go off then. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you could either a you could have it packaged up like by the pound and and you know cleaned and you could take it home so you could have you know it in your home or yes you could go to the restaurant and be like hi I just caught this trout cook it for me so i can eat it which on one hand seems weird but i'm with you on this like that's a great marketing piece so my question is you said uh, here disney or i guess universal too what would be how would you do this in disney what would be the disney or universal version 
of this. Okay, so in Disney, here's the thing. They're gonna they're gonna you know like how like I think it's Tom Sawyer's Island you can't go to anymore. Yeah. There's probably like like forestry there, right? So you're gonna turn that into Bambi's forest. Don't leave me yet. <laughs> Everyone stay put. You're gonna go they're gonna open a venison burger shop. But you're going to need to hunt down Bambi's mom first. So they're going to put you in the shoes of the hunter and let you haul on the little riverboat back over to Magic Kingdom. Your kill, your fresh killed mama deer. Wow. You're going to bring it to Trader Sam's and they're going to butcher it for you. And the best part is. You get to keep the head. They're going to taxidermy it for oh, you. Gonna, Step it up. And taxidermy service as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah, that, that that was the one unique thing about Dog Patch USA, that, like, you could catch your food. And which, again, brilliant, brilliant marketing. I, um, I mean, I also just like the fact that Dog Patch USA, like you had said, had that, like, trader element to it. Like, you could, they, there were people who were bringing their own crafts and homemade goods and like having stalls, I, I found that very endearing in the concept of what Dog Patch USA was. Um, because I think it brought a lot of heart and a lot of community. And it made Dog, it almost like Dog Patch USA on top of this thing that like embodied this world and to me feels very themed and feels very Disney, but also gave it almost this Renaissance Fair feel where it benefits peop, people and creators within the community. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, this opens in 1968. 8,000 people on hand. Al Cap gives a dedication speech, which unveils the centerpiece statue. It is Dog Patch's homegrown hero, Jubilation T. Cornpone, or Cornpone. No, uh, a Cornpone. Cornpone. There's a lovely picture of this man uh, riding his sad horse, um, and a lovely lady in, you know, very 60s glasses and a pink outfit. Um, it, it was great. And then, uh, as the this is my favorite line, as the or uh, many of my favorite lines, as the sheets <laughs> fell from the statue, Mister Cap said, "Doesn't that make you proud to be an American?" <laughs> <laughs> did, yeah. Did the did the statue make you proud to be an American? I mean, it's a pretty great statue, but I mean, I, I don't guess... think I saw the statue. Oh yeah, Cap yeah, yeah. Cap, what's the who was the statue of? Uh, Jubilation T. Cornpone. Jubilation Cornpone statue. I got to see it. Oh, wow. I'm seeing a lot of weird things. What the heck is Shmoo? Shmoo? Oh, that's a that's a huge thing in the Little Abner comics. You can buy uh, While you're looking for Oh, that, I found uh, it. Oh, what an interesting statue. I yeah, actually really yeah. like that statue. That's cute. Fun uh, story of love from the first season that Dog Patch USA was open. C.C. Cap, who was the son of Al Cap, he worked at the park, and he met Vicky Cox, who portrayed Moonbeam McSwine in Dog Patch, and they got married. There, that that's gonna come up again later towards the end of the story <laughs> with the the lawyer and his wife, who had his wife had played Daisy Ray or Daisy yeah. May. And then he, I don't remember who he had played, but they had both played people too, which I'm like, how cute that everyone in Arkansas and at one point or another played a little Abner character at Dogpatch USA. Seems, so, seems like a big thing. So. Anyway, we're bouncing around this timeline pretty aggressively. So we talked about they open on May 17th, 
the Al Cap gives the statue un, or gives the speech, unveils jubilation team Corpone. There's 8,000 visitors in the park that day. General admission when the park first opened was I, this just blew my mind right out of my head. A dollar fifty for adults and seventy five cents for kids. That does grow. There's a point towards the end. I want to say in the 80s where it goes up to $35 for an adult. $35. Um, And at the time it said that Disney was $85 for an adult. So today it would it would be like $150 and $75. To get into Dog Patch USA. And from what I gather, so um, I read that Al Cap got a like 2 and 3% gross from admissions. So pretty decent percentage off of the admissions well that that comes in after they so the the first year is great they make about a hundred thousand dollars in profit and there's this huge debate on what do they do like some of the people wanted the money to go into their own pockets some some guy was like we're going to reinvest into the park they eventually they do decide that they want to do more with the park and that's a big that to me is kind of part of what kills it is that they never stopped putting something new in the park which in one spec like when we talked about like discovery zone why would i keep going but they so they keep adding things but at the same time i'm like eventually i feel like you're gonna dig yourself into a financial pit uh so they do need to sweeten the deal for al cap in order to get a better licensing deal um and that's i think where that he's getting a lot of the admissions is coming from and they they do so much so like in 1969 there's a mage dog patch contest Oh, really? um, I didn't miss. And the amusement park was actually used to film a a B movie horror movie called It's Alive. Oh, uh, partially was filmed there, not the whole thing, but there were scenes filmed there. Myth, the Miss Dog Patch contest is what amused me. Like, any any? Did you find anything else on it, or just that it happened? Just that it happened. Uh, I was trying to find pictures, and maybe it was just. I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to it's hard to find. Every now and then, but I the fact that a Miss Dog Patch USA contest tickled me pink, and I would love to enter myself. Yeah. So, um, so yes, yeah, so you talked about the the ownership changing hands, and it changes hands to a man named. I gotta get this right. Uh, Jess Odom. Bum 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 bum. And Jess Odom, it, it, I I have to in in Jess Odom's defense, uh, bad luck happened to Jess Odom, unfortunately. It sounds like it was just a bad, like every decade presented some new horrible flaw. Yeah. So, so I mean, this is where one of the big things that that helped Dog Patch USA was again we talked about like this American fascination with hillbilly culture, um, and the fact that also Lil Abner was in the you know Sunday comics, and so similar to Disney and Universal when you're watching these movies on a day-to-day basis, it's a part of your life. And then you hear, you can go to that place. You're like, yeah. So when you're reading the little Abner comics and you're, you know, it's Sunday morning, you can go, golly gee, dad, I sure would like to visit dog patch USA. And your dad goes, well, son, we can. And uh, you know, it, it happens. And so uh, that that helped as well. So, but Odom comes in and he's like, I, "I'm re- like we're we're gonna do this." Um, so he decides. I believe he's gonna make a the sister park. Resort. Yeah, it's the sister park, and it's Marble Falls. Yeah, so it, it's gonna make it a ski resort. And and again, this is one of those like he did his homework because I mean, in that time, he discovered Americans were spending more money on skiing than golf and that um the town where dog pet usa was averaged about 
you know, three months of winter days where it was cold enough to manufacture the artificial snow. Makes sense. But then there were pretty much seven, what I found, seven big things in like a very short period of time that killed it off. So Mm -hmm. the first thing was attendance projections by the consulting firm that he hired were wrong. (laughs) Part of that is that the seventies like produced a lot of the hottest days. I think that was in the seventies. Maybe that one was the eighties. No, you're right. The seventies was like some of the hottest heat waves they had ever seen. And no one wanted to leave their house. And then there was also, was that the energy crisis too, where no one would leave their homes because that, they couldn't afford gas? Yeah, that was the sounds the, familiar. The Arabs cut off our oil, is what this article says. Um, so you know, the, you know, we it, that reduced tourism. Um, uh, interest rates started going skyrocketing, going up, um, and then you get into kind of the Lil Abner side of this, where you know the TV network programs that were all the you know country. Down home country got replaced with more like city shows. Yeah, all the all the hillbilly stuff on TV. There was a oh god, what was the? I should have written this down. I'm like, I'm not gonna have to remember this word. But there's something that happens in the TV universe where just no one cares anymore, so they have to change tactics drastically, and so you lose. Yeah, yeah. all those popular shows because it's not grabbing people, and, and to so- make matters worse, in 1977. The press free press for it all goes away when little Abner retires. Yeah. So Al Cap retires and little Abner stops being in the papers. And so that kind of stops like the little Abner TV shows and other stuff like that. So, so it's, it's all of these things that just kind of, uh, just kind of crushed this, at the time. Now, you you might be thinking, well, hey, wait a minute. Um you know, is this where it gets discontinued? And we would say, no. <laughs> we we, sh- we say uh probably should have been. Yeah, probably I'll say probably should have been at this point, but no, no, no. <laughs> it makes a comeback. Um in the 80s, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Where it's it's oh yeah no I mean it does it just keeps they keep going I think it changes hands again and there's all these financial dips and peaks and dips and peaks and they just keep putting more and more money into it um and they so in nineteen so in 1970 everything starts to drop by 1976 the bank begins to foreclose on like so before a little Abner even retires. The bank starts to foreclose on their properties with $3.5 million of debt. Um, And all of this debt has nothing to do with Dogpatch USA. It has to do with Marble Falls, the ski resort, um, for not having good enough attendance and income. And they projected that Marble Falls lost somewhere between $50,000 and $100,000 alone in its opening year. Um, Moving forward, there's two personal injury suits that happened at Dog uh, Dog Patch in 1979, and those suits each uh, were looking for compensation of over two hundred thousand dollars. Which um, let's be real here, they do put like kind of like a roller coaster thing in, and basically it's no seatbelts. You like sit in a bucket and hang on, <laughs> like. 
So they, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's hooly dooly. It's just hands down a nightmare, if you ask me. Yeah. Now it does make a comeback in the '80s. So in the early '80s, you've got 1981. You have personal appearances by Reba. Everybody loves Reba. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain America and Spider-Man. Uh, let's see. Uh, in, in 1982, you have an animal show, as well as much more corporate sponsorship. So you had the Dr. Pepper Theater, the Coke Pavilion, and the Coca-Cola Company sold season passes called Heck of a season pass for get this seven ninety five plus tax. That's seven dollars and ninety five cents for a season pass to Dog Patch USA in nineteen eighty two. And then uh, let's see, Batman and Robin were on hand to sign autographs in nineteen eighty two one day, so you could uh, go meet Batman and Robin at Dog Patch USA. You know how they probably got that? Sorry, I got extremely fascinated with the little Abner movie and started googling it. Yeah. Um, Catwoman was in the little Abner movie. Okay. Okay. So that's uh, probably how they got how they got that. Yeah, one of the original Catwomen, not um, Eartha Kitt, the best Catwoman, but uh, Julie Newmar. So that was kind of like the last heyday of Dogpatch USA, and then it kind of goes on a dive there i mean there's there's just there is so much legal mumbo jumbo that happens with this at, that is is honestly pr- like hard to understand yeah. some of it because it's all going along with debt and mortgages and filing bankruptcy and uh selling the park to this and sold the rest of this and cutting up the property and okay who gets to do with this and and I think at one point, ooh, I just knocked over a water bottle. Uh, at one point, I believe they tried to sell the park on eBay. Yes. So that was going to be probably my biggest uh, eBay find. It's not still there, obviously. Oh, yeah. But so like the park officially closes in 93. Um, and then it gets sold at an auction which is what I mentioned. There was like there was this lawyer and his wife, and they were both actors in little in Dogpatch USA. Um, but they end up like on the steps of a courthouse in Marble Falls, like selling like auction off this property uh, to two gentlemen quietly buy it. One of them is named Ford Carr. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Ford Car. Ford Car wins, and and so this is in 1994 that the property is auctioned, and he wins it for an un, um, unestablished amount of money. In 2002, he puts the property on eBay for a million dollars, but was hoping that bidding because this was back when you had to like bid on something. Yeah, was hope- there was no buy it now price. Correct. He was hoping that it would go up to four million dollars in bids. Wow. Nobody bid on the property. And then this is where it gets spicy. In 2005, the property changes hands again. When a 17-year-old named Pruitt Nance is injured while driving an ATV through the park. Um, He had permission from the owners who I don't, I can't tell if Ford Car was still the owner or not because I, I just... It was it was weird, but so it was either Ford. So whoever owned the park in two thousand five, be it Ford Car or somebody else, 
gives this 17-year-old permission to go through the park. And this 17-year-old is almost decapitated when he runs into a wire that he cannot see uh, that is strung between two trees. Um, he is awarded a total of $250,000 between two different styles of suit, and his father is awarded $400,000 total. But the owner does not pay the judgment, just straight up ignores it. And so the the government's like, okay, then we award Pruitt Nance the property that is Dog, Dog Patch USA. USA. And so this 17-year-old just out of nowhere owns all this land that he almost died on. That's kind of morbid if you really think about it. But I guess land is, you know, land is, if you have land, that's that's good, a, a good asset to have. I guess so. Um, so yeah, it kind of goes, you know, by the way. So, but again, like, I, I feel like we've, we've said this on, on, I've said this in previously in the season, this runs from 1968 to 1993. That is a great run for a theme park. Again, we are so spoiled by Disney Universal, uh, other theme parks like that, Six Flags that are just like these staples where these kind of more roadside attraction-y type parks just, they, they, they weren't meant necessarily, I think, to survive long term. They were there for a certain season and then just kind of, you know, go away. And mm-hmm. the fact that this got 20 some odd years of business, uh, that's, that's good. Like that it, it made money. It wasn't, you know, we talked about serial city USA. That was just kind of not, <laughs> kind of yeah. never made a profit at all. This was profitable. It was profitable for the first 10 years of being open. And then just kind of, I think too much happened behind the scenes. Again, the world events happened like it, 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 it you know, that, that stuff that just got unlucky, but it that it, it's still an impressive run. Absolutely. Um, I was amazed. Like when I was told what this was, I was like, this could not have lasted as long as it did, nor was I expecting the checkered past, I guess I'll call it that yeah. we got. Yeah. And, and we are just really scratching the surface of, I mean, there is some deep dives into again, all of the behind the scenes business that, Part of the reason I'm not going over it is because I just I, I don't understand all of that. I am not uh, <laughs> I'm not a big finance like knowing how bankruptcy and all that stuff works. But uh, uh, did you see as well the recent news on Dog Patch USA and the land? Um, I saw that there was a documentary made about it in uh, 2018. Interesting. But no, what's the latest news? So the abandoned dog patch usa theme park it is going to become this is very recent so like this this is an article from late 2021 it is going to become marble falls nature park it is a project that is led by the founder of bass pro shops and so like they're going to they're going to take kind of because again it's a very scenic place like if you look at you know where it's located yeah the buildings are run down but it's a nice scenic place and so it's um uh, it, it sounds like it's going to be made more into like a nature park by the founder of Bass Pro Shop. So they're working on that right now. Is And so they're kind of making it into something. So it's not just a abandoned theme park full of sad dog patch USA things. Nice. So I'm, I'm here for that. Oh, totally. Um, okay. I'm, so I'm I kept like, I kept re like, I kept falling down this rabbit hole. 
please. of um, the movie. First off, most of the movie cast, if not all of the movie cast, was also in the musical. Like, they were also in the stage production. I feel like, I, I from what I gather, it, like, transitioned very much from one to the other very easily. But, like, also an amazingly random Disney connection. The okay. guy who plays Marion Sam. Okay. Like, not Marion, as in, like, a woman's, like, Mary Ann. Marion, like M A R R Y I N, like this is a man named Sam who specifically marries people. Oh. Um, he was Marvin Acme in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, oh. which is my favorite Disney movie. Um, and I, I saw that um, Lena Hyena makes an appearance, a brief appearance in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the little Abner character. Is that who that is? Hang on, Lena. she's a little Abner character. No, like that she's in like there is a character named lena hyena that like that's one of my favorite um she's like the, I, she's the crazy two yeah, woman she, who eddie valiant encounters in toontown after mistaking her for jessica rabbit yeah i didn't realize that was a little abner character yeah, that's a little abner character that's hilarious i quote the that that um cameo with one of my co-workers all the time if there's ever a cute guy at work we always look at each other and go oh man <laughs> Well, yes, that is the delightful Lena Hyena. Oh, my gosh. What a Lil, treat. Lil Abner. Who played Lil I, Lena? Lena? I, I always thought it was Nina Hyena, too. So, like, thank you yeah. for clarifying. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. God. Glad we learned that today. Yeah. I am, too. So, it's time to... Oh, the eBay. Outside of the fact that you could, at one point, have bought the oh, property... I, I oh, I'm sorry. Say, I also found this. I didn't know where to fit this in, so I'm just fitting it in now. Uh, there is a delightful dog. You know, visit Al Cab's Dog Pass USA Family Fun Park, um, uh, where it's Lil Abner eating a banana, and I just felt like that was just, he's just eating a banana. Like, hey, come and visit this park. I just thought that was very funny. Love it. What can um, I get from Dog Patch USA? You can get most eBay. you can get most merchandise and stuff like what you'd expect. The weirdest things, the most expensive things were um park advertising store display window or window like store window displays. Okay. Just like a cardboard I love the thing. Map. The map was really cool. Um the store displays were $239. Whoa. Um but then you could have also gotten two park tickets for $200. Okay. Oh man, the vintage black felt souvenir dog patch USA men's medium hillbilly hat and corn cob pipe. Ooh man, the Mick Pizza hat might be given a run for its money. <laughs> for that corn cob pipe and the hat that says Dog Patch USA. Oh man. Oh yeah. See, this is cool stuff. I would definitely uh, see. There's another pennant. I'm really, you know, do I need to get into pennants? I really like that. I really like that dog patch USA pennant. I really like. There was another thing that we. I think Showbiz Pizza had a pennant. I'm really. Yeah, a lot of places had pennants. I'm I'm loving the pennants. Uh, yeah, like that's a uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not paying ninety dollars for it, but I like it. <laughs> wow. So, would you bring back? Dog Patch USA. I mean, I guess like I definitely want to be able to fish for a trout and then eat it right in a theme park. 
I think there's elements that I would definitely pull, but on the whole, do I think Dogpatch USA should and could make a return? No, I think it did what it needed to do, which was apparently almost kill a 17-year-old. I mean, ultimately, like, Lil Abner is not something... If you were to go to any adult and go, can you name me three Lil Abner characters? That aren't Lil Abner. uh, That that aren't Lil Abner. I'm going to go with most people would not be able to give uh, anything. Um. So, I mean, it definitely isn't relevant anymore. And even like, uh, you know, our, uh, the the public's fascination with quote unquote hillbilly culture is not really there anymore. No, not at um, all. I think if you pulled away from it being hillbilly, but then it's not Dogpatch USA. It's just, it's a part of our history that just is discontinued and therefore in our museum where they're going with it is the perfect way to do it a nature park it's it's beautiful it's a beautiful spot so you know making it into more of this like nature park thing that has okay maybe it has a restaurant or maybe it has a shop and maybe that's where you can sell some you know vintage dog patch usa merchandise or have a little like you know i like that you know museum is the wrong way but like little like hey this is what used to be here i really Um, like the the nod to it no and i think like a little abner museum like in a visitor center situation at this national park would be would be welcome like i think that's important for any historic site like if it was the property of something that represents a major thing or time in america like, I think it deserves some form of historical museum-style interpretation. Yeah. And, like, as a nature preserve, like, if I was a programmer and event specialist at that nature preserve, if you don't think I wouldn't be capitalizing on that, oh, absolutely. you're wrong. Yeah, like, that's – that. I mean, it just it, – it feeds itself for something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, – ooh, okay, oh, this idea just came to me. Um, uh, I don't know. I probably have bragged about this on my pod on this pod. This seems like something I would brag about. I am a junior ranger at many of our nation's national parks and monuments. You have not bragged about this. Oh, I haven't. Well, I am. Uh, so I have the patches to prove it. Um, I probably have like 20 or so of them. Um, so basically if you are unfamiliar with this, uh, this is a program that still runs today. Um, uh, you can at at a lot of national parks and national monuments you can uh go to the ranger station and if you're a kid and you get this booklet of you get a booklet and or you get a checklist or something that says here are the tasks that you need to complete in order to become a junior ranger and you complete those tasks and then you get you become a junior ranger you get a really cool patch And so this for me was great when I was a kid because it gave me like a goal in the park. So it wasn't like, oh my gosh, we're just here at a national park and we're just boring. It was like, no, mom, dad, we need to go here because I need to time when Old Faithful, the geyser uh, erupts so I can time the next eruption and do math and figure out how, you know, when it's going to erupt next. And we need to go on this trail because I need to read this plaque so I can get the answer to this question so I can go get my patch. So where I'm going with this is at Marble Falls Nature Preserve, the Dog Patch USA element is the, uh, is the junior ranger thing 
where you become a you get a little little Abner patch and That's you become cute. the Marble Falls like you know nature you know junior nature ranger or you know nature helper or something like that but and little it's Abner's like, on with the patch. little Abner on it. I like that a lot. I really like that. Ugh. Get in contact with the head of Bass Pro Shops. Tell him we've got we've got an idea. I will, Mr. Bass. Hello. I'm pretty sure his name is not Mr. Bass. Well, Matt, now that we all know to contact the head of Bass Pro Shops, I have a, a more important question. What is it? How do people contact us? Oh, what a segue. <laughs> Well, um, I mean, we don't need to contact the head of Bass Pro Shops because he already listens to this podcast. Um, if you would like to contact us, uh, you can do so uh, by emailing us, discontinuedondisplay at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at discontinuedpod on Twitter at discontinuedondisplay on Instagram. Sorcernetwork.com, you can find all our episodes there as well as some other fun stuff. Um, started live streaming, Sorcerer Matt. Uh, uh, or twitch.tv backslash sorcerer matt you can also follow me on twitter at sorcerer matt and you can uh I- i'm creating all types of content people like l- this is a personal thing now sorry i'm going on a personal no rant. go on your personal rant yeah yeah so i'm writing for a sports site so if you're into sports i'm your guy if you're into video games i'm i'm your guy if you're into classical music i don't write any content for that but you better bet i could <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't if anyone's if anyone's looking for an article about mary's hair get just sh- drop me a dm yeah yeah you that's want all article, i can do yeah you want a, an article on mary's hair from the movie the man who saved christmas starring jason alexander oh dissertation level paper you're about to get it would me. be stop stop yanking my chain it's so, real uh lots of fun lots of fun stuff going on um so yeah dro- drop a follow drop a like go check something out, you know, whatever. Uh, we, we'd love to have you connect with us in whatever way that, uh, you want to Chris, am I forgetting anything? Um, just make sure that you rate and review us as Matt likes to say, five stars, five stars, and also make sure you hit that subscribe button. So that you'll be notified the next time we drop an episode. Uh, you always want to make sure you're listening to those hot off the presses. Um, and make sure you're sharing with your friends and family, let them know what you're listening to so that they think, you know what I need to listen to? A podcast about a little Abner theme park that almost committed murder and bankrupt. The holidays are coming faster than you think, and you're going to need some topics to talk to your family about. Why not talk to them about Dog Patch USA? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't have anything clever, and then I just <laughs> looked at your smile. I mean, that no one can see because this is a podcast but i mean you can they can feel how excited i am about this like they can feel like just imagine picture yourself right now at your next family gathering turning to the person next to you that you are sitting this family member that you see once a year and always have awkward conversations with you go have you heard of dog patch usa let me tell you about the long furby I mean, any of our episodes are um, tailor-made to talk to your family at holiday seasons. You just missed 4th of July. Labor Day's coming up. Yeah. You have Labor Day things. Your Labor Day cookout, you can bring up Dog Patch USA or Showbiz Pizza or Cereal City USA. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Mexican Independence Day is coming up soon. The hokey pokey. <laughs> Beg pardon? Yeah, we. You don't remember this? No, I, I. All I heard was Tony the Tiger and the Hokey Pokey, and I missed the rest of that sentence. Yeah, yeah. Can I tell you about Tony the Tiger and the Hokey Pokey? Yes. You don't oh, remember this? Yes. No, I do. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's been a long day. <laughs> it's well. Also, I'm sure you've noticed, and I. You must be like, wow, Chris is so disinterested. My contact is starting to move around in my eye, <laughs> so like I'm trying to keep it in my eye. I, I thought you were giving me the why are you still talking please end this podcast now <laughs> no my contact is just like irritating my eye we're totally fine the people at home are starting to think that but yeah i mean they love hearing the melodious sound they're they're stuck they have nowhere to go they're trapped in our museum until yeah, we I mean, say they otherwise can't, they can't just turn off the podcast no that would be ridiculous <laughs> you listen to it till the end Oh, goodness. I always do. You never know what treats are going to be at the end of a pod. Especially ours. We started, we did bloopers a couple times at the tail end. That's true. I don't think we, we you know, we're getting so good at this. We don't have many bloopers. Nah, not at and all. A lot of times our bloopers are a little more R-rated. <laughs> well, a couple of times I just like my, like when I edited a couple episodes, my bloopers were you making a weird sound. It was, <laughs> thank you for listening to a Sorcerer's Network, a Sorcerer Network podcast. And then a you. Or me making a weird sound. I mean, I am. I, I do like to make weird sounds. That that does sound like me. What weird sound are you going to close us off with today? Uh, hang on. Let me Google Lil Abner weird sounds. It's a comic. It didn't have sounds. Hang on. Hang on. Um, let's see here. Uh, okay. Let's see. The weird sound is going to be, while well, we're going to end, is with me trying to say catchphrases. Naturally, amusing but confusing, your big sloppy beast, or your miserable skunk. As any fool can plainly see, and let's see, one more. Oh, gosh. Uh, the... the uh, uh, hmm. That would have uh, been my blooper. Uh, the 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 deal or every one hundred percent red blooded American boy. Bum 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 bum. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.